Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Eric Struthers is the saber-making, armor-wearing, John Williams-loving rock god host of the Bad Motivators podcast. On this episode, we chat with Eric about how his spoiler-filled lead-up prepared him for the rise of Skywalker, the many facets of his fandom, and highlights of the sequel trilogy era of Star Wars. Well, because I can say this, man, looking back, being in the room for the 40th anniversary panel when John Williams was behind that curtain in Orlando, mm-hmm. I I would not be willing to give up that experience for lots of lots of scenarios. If I could give you, well, of course, like a million dollars, I probably would. But you know what I'm saying? That was such a high point, not just in my fandom, but just in my life in general. Being there mm. with John Williams playing Leia's theme, leading off. How great of a moment that was. It's a super fun Star Wars chat. This is Steel Wars episode 231, Eric Struthers, Good Motivator. Los Angeles, Steel Wars returns to the Scum and Villainy Cantina Saturday the 25th of January for our one month after the Rise of Skywalker live podcast. Our one month after the Last Jedi podcast was a huge sold out Star Wars discussion and this one should be no different. So get your tickets at steelwars.com and we'll see you at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood on Saturday the 25th at 4pm. Click the link in those show notes. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And each week we talk to someone of interest about it. And finally, after um, a grip of other coverage of all the TV shows and, and the rise of Skywalker, we are back to our classic interview format. And this week's guest will be no stranger to listeners of the Steel Wars feed. He is a bad motivator from the Bad Motivators podcast and also hosts our Struthers Wars program. Welcome to the podcast for the upteenth time, Eric, Eric Struthers. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really stoked to do this. I am, uh, yeah, it's, I've been looking forward to doing this uh, all day after, uh, you know, a bit of post-Hurricane Harry has left the house, so I've got to pick up the pieces, as it were. What's been going on, Eric? Are you, you went into... The Rise of Skywalker, like spoiler filled, yeah, yeah. And I got to be honest, 
once it got down to the wire, I totally avoided the like the final big spoilers. I didn't want to know how the movie ended. I didn't want any third act stuff. And I can honestly say that after seeing the movie, I wish I had gone in spoiler free. Really? Yeah. Now, it didn't ruin the experience for me by any stretch of the imagination, but there were several things where it's like, oh, man, I wish that would have blown my mind instead of already knowing what was going to happen. Yeah, I guess there is some mind-blowing things in there. I sort of, like, it's ironic because I enjoy it more knowing what's going to happen in the film. Right. Well, sometimes it can be a relief. Look, this way I know I don't need to worry about whatever because I know it's not going to happen, right? But, like, the Chewbacca thing. Of course, looking back at it, I would probably have guessed that he didn't actually die in that ship explosion just because it was they wouldn't take out a major character like that with just no circumstance just we'd see him handcuffed and get shoved on a ship you could tell he didn't die because like when like finn was screaming at the blast like he wasn't feathered with fur (laughs) that was the dead giveaway yeah it was it was a fur-free explosion yes yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was so that was one thing I was I was probably glad that I knew. Okay. You know, just so I didn't feel sad for a minute, but just some other stuff like closer to the end of the movie that I had picked up on. Okay. So what led you to go down this dark path for this movie? Because I I feel like what oh, okay. What's been your spoiler like like Phantom Menace? What was your spoiler level? Oh man, for Phantom Menace, I was not spoiled at all, surprisingly. Though, but just because of where things were at the time, like where the internet was versus like the type of job I had and the amount that I worked, I didn't have a lot of time to spend trying to find out what was going to happen. So I went in almost with very little, like I hadn't even heard very many people's feedback about the movie. That's how spoiler free I was. Uh, I guess back then it was, it was far. Yeah, you had to go to a lot more effort. To right. find, find that stuff out. Like, it, if you looked at your phone back then in the car, like, would have had the cord running out from where it's been ripped out of the kitchen wall. Precisely. Yes, exactly. The, um, I, I was one of the first people, like, the easily the first one in my friend group to have a mobile phone. And it was pretty fly, Eric. Pretty fly back then. It was, it was, it was so expensive when people would call you or to call people back. If you missed a call, I literally remember pulling over and using a telephone booth to ring them back rather than pay because <laughs> it was so expensive. Yeah. To call. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Gosh. My but, first wife, man, she had a cell phone um, around actually before then, before the Phantom Menace came out. And I used it once coming back from the airport for like a 30 minute call and man oh man was that we were filled with much regret after that wow well you did say ex-wife and yeah uh, that's maybe that's why a three thousand dollar mobile phone charge probably (laughs) and 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 that's three thousand nineteen nineties dollars yeah yeah so that's big money man big money so what about um attack of the clones Attack of the Clones, um, I really hadn't heard much about that. I had heard about like the Kaminoans, the Kaminoans, um, really not much past that. Interesting. And then Revenge of the Sith? Uh, so- new, 
I don't want to say quite a bit more, but had more of an idea of the story fleshed out. Okay. And, and what about like the sequel trilogy? Did you bounce around or did you go spoilers all the way? Um, for The Force Awakens, I went fairly spoiler free. I mean, it's anything re- released by Lucasfilm, I'm all in you know, quote unquote target spoilers. But as far as any real spoilers had no information by intent, by that was the plan to go in with nothing, quit listening to podcasts, quit doing everything. Just not, not going to do it. Stay in your house. Basically. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was pretty much the same. I remember going to, um, making star Wars to see something and being like, terrified at the front page oh yeah basically the same thing yes yes because because you know back in the day like on the force.net when they'd have the spoilers you'd click into the article and then you'd have to highlight the text right because it was the white. same colors about yeah, yeah yeah white on white and like there'd be paragraphs and it's like i'll just i'll just highlight this paragraph all right, all right. One more paragraph. One more paragraph. Oh, nice. whoops! I I highlight the whole thing. But yeah. I was I, I was pretty moderate. Once it got a bit in depth, I was like, nah, nah, not into that. I can't remember if I knew Padme was Queen Amidala. I think maybe I worked that out from the action figures. Uh huh. But it definitely wasn't a surprise when I saw the film. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I feel like I knew that going in just from just from advertisement stuff yeah that that she was that it was her yeah it was interesting it's just sort of coming back to me the phantom menace because i i don't think i knew that much because as i watched the film i was seeing where all the action figures i'd purchased fit in Uh uh-huh because i'd bought like every one and i'm Mm -hmm. like ah panaka he's in the mix rick ollie thought he would have done more whatever now i didn't buy anything from that era, nothing. Oh, oh I was, I, I could not give my money away quick enough back then. That was that was that was a, a pretty decent paying job, and that covered my rent as well as part of working for them. And you know, no zero obligations. Right, the, it, living the dream—they call that. Now, probably wish I hadn't have bought so many battle droids. <laughs> I had so many battle droids. So there eat many. So what about The Last Jedi? How spoiler-filled were you? I was probably, out of the spoilers available, let's just say, I was probably about 40 to 50% aware. So, like, stuff that's pretty early on in the movie. And once it started getting real, I, I was done with that. I'm trying to think of the most out-there thing that I knew. Uh... Hmm. I remember hearing something about that was sort of a weird explanation of the connection that Kylo Ren and Ray had. And I, but I, it wasn't clear enough to, to imagine what it was really going to be like in the movie. Um, trying to think of what else I didn't want to know anything. I did want to know anything, but I didn't want to know anything about what Luke Skywalker was actually going to be like. Like, that was the one I was most into, spoiler-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really like, oh, it's... I didn't want to know the end. I'd never hit a point where I was like, I've got to stop now. Like, there wasn't enough to sustain me sort of thing. Because uh-huh. cause I, I just 
feel like that one was the most surprising. Yeah. Like, like they, yeah. they kept so much under wraps, which is ironic considering that JJ's the one with the, you know, the, the Mr. Mystery, uh, the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I, I remember just blown out the door. I, I The biggest spoilers I knew, which I kind of didn't want to believe, was that Luke wouldn't get the green lightsaber out and it wasn't in R2-D2. Like they were the, like, like I knew or I'd been told that didn't happen. I just didn't want to like it was such a bad spoiler, which which sort of got me to um, the rise of Skywalker because it just seemed like people weren't having fun with the spoilers, right? Like it yeah. se- it seemed like what was being spoiled was making people miserable, mm-hmm. and so I was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna get. I, I didn't wasn't even really sure what they were comp- complaining to or against, but I was sort of like, well. If they're controversial, I don't want to invest like energy and emotion into something that might not even happen. So mm-hmm. right. I'll, I'll, I'll worry about it after the film. But um, what what made you go the other way? For the Rise of Skywalker, what made me want to look into the spoilers was worry that one of the you know is c-3po gonna eat it during this movie is the falcon gonna make it through this movie what's gonna happen because this is it man what's what's the end game here and i didn't want to be devastated i wanted to basically to get that comfort of knowing okay this person's gonna be okay this is gonna be okay but then whenever you're reading the spoilers they sound and I mean, some of them are way off too, but they sound so messed up. It's it's like if people try to explain this to you and then you see it on screen, and you're like, oh, OK, I get it. They were so out there and everybody was bitching about it that it finally hit a point like, where like, basically g- g- give us an example of what one was like way out there. OK, because um... like to be honest, I don't even I haven't even backtracked to find out what people knew. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. There was uh well, it talked about how Ray and Kylo Ren were having this fight where they weren't even in the same location with each other, but kept jumping around. I knew that one. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of like hinted on that art of the rise of Skywalker as well with, with, with the above and below. Yeah. yeah the water. Yeah. They're, 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 they're on um, Lake Endor. Right. Well, and I, whenever it was explained to me, I thought it meant that they were, um, actually in the same place, but the fighting was like skipping around to yes! different places. It was done so much better than what I had imagined it was. Yeah. And there's yeah. one shot when they're on um, Kimji, Kimiji? Uh, uh, oh, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Kajimi. Kajimi. Well, I don't mean to, you know, R.I.P. It's, it's, yeah. Um, I'm not going to be um, asking ways to take me there anytime soon. But, um, yeah, when the, he's on Kaminji and she's in the Star Destroyer and as they walk around... Like in beh- a circle. Yeah, behind her back, mm-hmm. the scene changes. Oh, and then it does to him yeah. as well. Oh, my God, that was just very well done. Very oh, yeah. And Fantastic. I lo- and I love the way things go into the other scene. But the necklace thing was kind of like startling how he just grabbed it. Like that was like sort of like a 
like a scary thought. Yeah. But then when they smash Darth Vader's helmet and it goes on like in front of him, like knows where she is. Like, oh, that was that was just done like yeah. so well. And it was cool that he couldn't go there. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he was sort of he was still stuck on right. the planet. Like it was cool that it didn't just become like a teleportation device, but you're in some sort of weird like force bubble or something. Yeah, they the other they could see each other, but they appeared in wherever Ray's physical location was. That's where she saw Kylo Ren. She knew he wasn't there, but she couldn't see anything except him and vice versa. Which I thought was pretty rad. I haven't thought about that. So they so Kylo Ren sees her on Kaminji. Am I saying that wrong already? Kajimi. Kajimi. I think uh, that's right. Kajimi. Yeah, Ka- I think that's right. Kajimi. Um, and then so Ray was seeing him on the Star Destroyer. Right. Mm. Right. So basically, it, it's like imagine each one of them is being filmed on a green screen, and Kylo Ren sees that green screened image where he is of her and she sees the green screen image of Kylo Ren where she is. They can't see anything else except the person. Gotcha. How did that work in, I haven't thought about like the last Jedi. Could they see each other's backgrounds then? Or was it just not brought up? But when you watch it back, it still fits. He says um, that he couldn't see where she was. He says, I can see you. Can you see me? Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, they, they did that very well. Um, I had seen, and I wish I hadn't seen it. Well, I don't know. It was kind of neat. But um, I had heard about Leia having a lightsaber. And, which I don't think that ruined it for me by any stretch of knowing that ahead of time. But it would have been cool to see it where it they pulled it out and here it is. Oh, okay. Um, so what surprised you in the film then? Um, let's see. What about the kiss? Did people know about the kiss? Uh, I, I think a lot of people did, but I did not. And I was glad. Yeah, same. Cause I mean, I said out loud, I was like, what? I wasn't expecting it. And I don't know why I feel foolish for not expecting it by that point. I think I gave it a yes in cinema. Like I was, I, I was like, it wasn't something that I had been like actively rooting for, right? Like, like Raylo style. But when there was a choice of are they going to kiss or not kiss, I was like, kiss. Like, do you know what I mean? Like putting right. everything else in that moment. Right. I, oh, I, in the moment, it was perfectly appropriate. I, I was just kiss, and then when Ben smiled afterwards, I was just like. Kiss again! Kiss again! <laughs> Dude, I, so I, I took Stella, my little girl, she's seven. I took her to go see the movie, just the two of us. And I had already seen it twice on the on opening day. And so we were. this was just a few days later. And before we walked in, I had interviewed her several times for this Patreon show that we do, what I do with my kids, and um, where I asked her if she thought Kylo Ren and Ray would smooch. That's the word that I use. And she's like, no! They better not. And if they do, I'll stand up in the theater and say, you stop that right now. And so I asked her and recorded it on my phone before we walked in. 
I'm like, okay, so do you think they're going to this? And she's like, no, they better not. And I said, okay, well, we go in the movie. So did you make sure you sat sort of up near the exit? <laughs> I wanted to sit as far back as we could so she couldn't get out. She could just stand up and start screaming. <laughs> but she ended up getting sick it, from, from just guzzling a big, huge slushy. Oh, nice. And and so she ended up like she got sick and then we went back in to sit down again and she leaned her head over and was just out. Oof. I mean, fell asleep hard to where I'm trying to wake her up because the scene's coming and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. So what I had you to do later. Just, you can't just show it to her without the context. No, no, no. So what I had to do later was get a um, not particularly reputable version of the film <gasps> that I could show her some of it from basically where she missed out at home, you know, and she's like, and you know what she told me? It was that kid, man. She blows my mind. She said a couple of things. She said, number one, I'm, I'm okay with them kissing because he saved her. So that flipped it over for, but the other thing she said, did I mention this when we recorded, when you were on the motivators the other day, she said, Kylo Ren is, or Ben Solo's punishing himself for the bad things he's done. He can't forgive himself. Yes. And that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, dang, kid. Yeah. But I was really hoping she'd see the kiss in the theater and like lose it. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? God, it'd be like a um a YouTube video getting filmed at the back of the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. C- yeah. c- couldn't even wait to get back to rant in the car. <laughs> yeah. We need a podcast right now, Dad. That's my girl. Um Okay, so like stuff like um, the lightsaber getting passed, you didn't know that stuff? No, no. I had seen a picture of Ray and Ben standing together with the two blue sabers ignited. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I had some pretty strong guesses as about as to what that was about, what the other saber was and all that. But I think it would have been killer to have not known that and seen it in the theater when mm. it happened. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, from the things I knew, like I feel like seeing the fleet turn up in the trailer is the thing I wish I hadn't seen. Yes, that is a big one, yeah. Yeah. And also like the like shots of people... That like Chewie, that are in the trailer, but then you've, you're meant to think they're dead for like ten minutes. Yes, that was the other thing I was going to say. Whenever I think I would have been, I don't think I would have freaked out because I would have thought, well, we didn't see the part where they're in front of the Death Star uh, on the water when he was plainly in there from the trailer. Yeah, that was the other thing I meant to say on that. Yeah, it's um, yeah, because when the the ship blew up. And, you know, first of all, there was no Wookiee hair everywhere. Right, right. Was, we've covered that. Dead giveaway. But, um, yeah, instantly, like, while I'm watching the film, my brain goes, like, rewinds through all the footage and, and goes, he's next to Lando laughing. So, uh-huh. right. it's, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. It's one of those things where... Like, it's so clear that moment's in the film. So you'd think you'd add footage for the trailer that doesn't expose that? Like, don't, like, 
I don't know. Do, do, do we... Like, I feel like they're underestimating how many times we watch these trailers. <laughs> I, I think you might be right. Well, the, the one thing I can say about that is the length of time on screen that the heroes are supposed to think Chewbacca is dead is relatively short. Yeah. And so maybe if their intent was just for us to see the heroes think he's gone when we know he's not. And for uh, I, I don't know. But yeah, it didn't. It does seem like some of the stuff that they showed. Uh, I mean, it from an advertisement standpoint, it was great, but it did give away like that moment. It was triumphant as can be when all the ships show up. And I will say, when you see it on screen, and there's more ships than what you saw in the trailer, and you in the line that the the last order officer says, they it's not a fleet, it's just people. That really helped seal that up. And made it less of a bummer that you weren't seeing it for the first time on the big screen. But still, it would have been something to see. Yeah, and it's sort of like easy and fun to uh, like backseat edit the films like post-release. But I feel like, for one, don't put it in the trailer. But for two, like if they drew out the hyperspace a bit more, like so you thought it was just like a Return of the Jedi-sized fleet, Right. And then it's just like, dun, 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 like, and, right. And like, draw it out. Like, show some ships close up turning up, like, that mm-hmm. maybe you recognize. And then, like, then sort of show the full thing. I, I just thought it was like, there was so much, like, I so wanted it to happen. Like, I talked about it all year. The, the, the run in, you know, the, 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 the like, the, the people deciding we've had enough and when Hulk Hogan's getting beaten up, they're going to run out and help him up, like no matter, like putting themselves at risk. Um, it's, it's, it's an old pro wrestling term when, when like someone runs in to help out. And yeah, I just, yeah, it's just like if it was just handled with a little bit more, like they came up with this great moment, enjoy it. Right. Right, yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. Just just let it breathe and enjoy it. Yes, 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 yes. Now, um, let's go back right to the beginning, Struthers. What, what, what's your first memory of Star Wars? Oh man, I saw Star Wars in the theater with my dad. On I, it probably wasn't the initial release in '77. It was the like the second theater run that was later in the year. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was just a little kid, and I remember. Of course, now you know how it is when you get a little older, and you can't remember if you actually have this memory or you're thinking about seeing it later. But I feel like I remember seeing on the news, like the people standing in lines wrapped around the block and all that stuff on TV. And my parents had both seen the movie already before they took me. But I remember very well being in that theater the very first time. With my dad and my mom, and my sister wasn't there. She was she was too little, but uh, and I'm sure it was a special moment when your dad asked you how you'd feel if Luke and Leia kissed. Oh, it was. It was really, really, really. Something. One of the things that I remember specifically Sh- about at, it at some Struthers ring theory. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Uh, 
anyway, one of the things I remember the most about that very first time is sitting in a theater seat. And this was before like stadium style seating. This was just like a gentle upslope in the theater seating. And I was so little, I kept the seat folded up and sat on the top edge of the folding seat instead of having it folded down. Oh, wow. And, and like mentally, I was, to me, I was like flying an X-Wing during the attack on the Death Star. I wasn't aware of anybody else in that place. And I, that's one of my first memories of Star Wars. You'd you, you installed your own 4DX cinema. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see Empire in the cinema? Yeah, yeah. Man, you're old. I, dude, I am. I right. I was. I was born in 1925. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you know, when I remember when we first got movies with with talking in them. Whew. Well, I, at, at least Luke and Dallas will like this episode now. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares what they like? Uh, yeah, I saw Empire, and this was probably. <sighs> Four weeks after it had been released. Fake fan. Well, you know, I was sort of at the mercy of my parents. Uh, Bad parents. Yes, I'm going to agree with that. But here's the good news. I didn't know I didn't know anything about it going in because uh, I was just a kid. And um, I saw Jedi in the theater, but I knew everything about it because of the school book order, Return of the Jedi book that had Luke Skywalker on the sail barge holding the saber like this. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> of course you do. And uh, <laughs> I brought you one. And you're I, like, oh, I already got that. And I'm like, well, I'll keep this for myself. But dude, I had read that. And I remember trying to explain everything to my mom as it went along in the movie theater. And, and I know she was like, shut up. Those are Gamorrean guards, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know. It's weird. I had that book and like I ordered it from the school, but I feel like I'd already seen it when I read the book. Like I remember being on the bus home from school and like I was the most popular kid on the bus. Just naturally or because of the book. No, because of the book. Like I was like, I would have been you know, in one of the younger years, like year one or something, this is a primary school. So this kid's like four or five years older than me on the bus, but they were like, like my brother and his friends were hanging with me on the bus as we, like we read out the book. Like we all picked, those sitting closest got to pick what character they'd be. Cause you know how, so, so for people that are too young to know what this is, like you used to have like a mail order, scholastic thing and you'd order books and they'd be a bit cheaper and next month they'd come. Is that, am I remembering this right? Yeah. Now they're not particularly any cheaper uh, because they still do it. My kids get the books. Oh, really? And so like, they're always wanting this and this and my wife, she's the smart one in the family when it comes to purchasing things and not being emotional about it. But for me, man, I remember how much, that stuff meant to me and i'm like oh let's get him this and get him this and get him this because when dude when those books would show up it was like magic and what they do with my son he's in kindergarten they just put him in his backpack when they come and he finds out that they came when he opens his backpack when he's home it's like winning the lottery over and over again 
I don't know, man. That sounds like confusing for a little kid. Like, <laughs> like each day when they open their backpack, like, come on, book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he knows. He knows that it's not the book fairy bringing him or anything like that. But yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. So we everyone got to be a different. Oh, because on the front of the book, when you opened it up, it had the main ten characters. Do you remember that? Like I vaguely, it, vaguely. Remember. I, I, I'm now looking around to see if that book is is. I've got a copy of it near me. But you would have like there was white page with like red Return of the Jedi, uh-huh. and, and then on the next page it had like Lando Wicket, and it had like you know like Lando Carizian, like General in the Rebel Alliance. Uh huh. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I remember what you're talking about, yeah. And so everyone, like, sort of like the start of, like, Street Fighter 2 got to select who they were playing in, in the book. But I feel like I'd already seen the movie. However, what did spoil a large chunk of the last bit of Return of the Jedi was the Ewoks join the fight which was sort of like a golden book that wasn't a golden book. And it was just about Wicket's role in Return of the Jedi. Ah. And, but you get to see there's a, there is a picture of um, the Death Star blowing up at the end and them all partying and stuff. So I, I, I knew, I didn't know about Luke, what was going on with Luke. And, and the Darth Vader thing, I remember just being like, this is it. Like this is like as like a very young boy, my moon landing to see Darth Vader's face. Like yeah. I remember, like oh, yeah. as he was taking off, I was sort of just like, I I can't believe this. I I can't. They they're going to show his face. And now, did you think he was going to be just absolutely hideous under the helmet? I couldn't even comprehend it. Like I I, I was just like, it, it was just too staggering for me. To like, it'd be like saying that, um, oh, when Brad Pitt, you know, took off his face, you know, fake face to reveal that he's a lizard person, what did you imagine it was going to look like? It's like, oh, I couldn't even comprehend. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, hey, shout out to our conspiracy, our Brad Pitt conspiracy theorists out there. <laughs> We're getting to the pit of the truth. Oh my oh my gosh, yes, you nailed it. <laughs> um so, and so what did you get up to after like Return of the Jedi? Like were, were you um were you celebrating your Star Wars fandom before the prequels came out? Oh yeah. I mean, of course, after Jedi, you know, obviously I was still very young and was way into the toys for the longest time and to the point where like some of my friends are like, "Oh, you still uh Still got toys, do you? Hmm. And it's like, okay. So stupidly, I sold them all in a garage sale, which, ugh, dude. It just, I can remember the garage sale and it hurts my heart now. But anyway, uh, I wasn't buying figures or anything like that leading up to the prequels, but I was, um, I tried reading. You know, some of the Star Wars books that were out there that this would have been pre what we refer to as the EU now. But um, there's some pretty crappy ones. There's a couple of cool Han Solo ones I'd read as a younger guy. But um, 
really not a ton. I watched the original trilogy on VHS probably a bazillion times leading up to like before they even announced there were going to be prequels. Yeah, same. I remember they brought out the um like the wide vision, like the you know, like the sixteen by nine, right? You know, right. letterbox. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. And it was just like watching a whole new movie. Like, to, oh yeah, to, to have those edges. It, it was just like, oh, such I had, such. A I had dream. no, I had no idea. I couldn't remember how much I was missing. And, and then you realize how crappy pan and scan is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, and it was always like people were like. Oh, you're not getting, a, you're not using the whole TV. And it's like, you're not using the whole Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. What's worse? What's worse? Exactly. Do, do you remember how you found out how the prequels were coming out? I think somebody that I was either in a band with or worked with told me. And my first reaction was like, yeah, whatever. And uh, and then I I saw it on the internet. Yeah, I feel I, like that's how I found out. I have no again, like you were saying before, how your memories—you're not sure what's real or not. I feel like I was reading the EU, like Talon Karad, seeing what he's up to. You remember Talon Karad? What was what books were that? He was in the he, he was in the Thrawn trilogy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He was like I only s- read the first of the Thrawn trilogy. Oh, how did, how, oh really? That's why, Why'd you stop? There's something about it that I'm like, and I don't remember what it was specifically. I should go back and read it and see. I bet I could pick up. Okay, this is where I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying this. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because, um, like, I love them. But I felt like when I read them, I was in no no position to question them. Right, right, because that's all there was. Yeah, oh, I just like like when I watched Star Wars when I was younger, I didn't really question. Like it was not my place to question this movie. It's it's amazing. Like I don't right. like I don't have things that it was all just perfect. That's why it's always so hard when people compare the different trilogies. It's just like. You know, when you watch it when you're a little kid, like like maybe the culture's different now, but I just I feel like when you're like under twelve watching them for the first time, you're not judging. Like I, I you know, I, I thought the Ewok movies were like on par. Oh dude, I loved them. I loved those things. And he, he, I remember and in oh, as far back as the uh the holiday special. I remember seeing that as a young, young child and being devastated at the scene where the stormtrooper rips the head off of oh. Lumpy's Bantha. But what hurt more was when Lumpy comes in there and finds it. Oh, yeah. And he's like going and trying to put it back on. Dude, that crushed my heart as a kid because I could so empathize with it. And I was thankful to get that on the on the screen. Oh, and like when Mark Hamill was on the Muppets. Yes. Stuff like that. I was like, oh, it was the best thing ever. Uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO were on Sesame Street. And I'm like, rad. But yeah, so I feel like I was reading those and I'd fallen asleep on the couch and then there was a news report about The Phantom Menace and I heard it in my sleep and I woke up. 
Huh. But I don't know if that's real or not. Right, right, right. But that's the amalgam of my memories of it, which is quite odd. I remember the TV we had. It was very old. No remote control. Buttons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Buttons. We were, we, we, we were not... We were not early adopters to uh, other forms of television. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I remember. I don't think when I lived at home we had a remote control on the television. Hmm. We finally did when I got like a little older, closer to moving out. Now we had a VCR, our first VCR that uh, had a corded remote control, and uh, we were post cord. You had to like the 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 television channels. You could only have twelve of them. I want to say, and each push button for the channels on the VCR had a little tuning knob that you would use yes. to get the the channel that you wanted. And so you'd have them all set for whatever it was you wanted to record. And uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> those were the days, man. <laughs> <laughs> now let let me ask you this. How many times did you go see the re-releases of the original trilogy in the theater when they were out for their oh, run? I would have seen Star Wars like a dozen times. Like, like I saw it a lot. Because I was just like, I can't, I'm not going, this is my one chance. Right, this is it, yeah. And yeah. I guess I was right, because um, they never showed him again. Uh, unless you go to one of those marathons or something. But yeah, I was like, I, like I was so into Star Wars leading up to the special edition. And it was just when, like you still, your thirst wasn't quenched. Like right. there, there wasn't enough, like there wasn't enough new figures and there there wasn't enough like, like, like content. And it was like the prequels are still like, a, you know, a couple of years away. So I was like, I am not wasting this time. And I got so annoyed that they wouldn't keep the three films on in the cinema at once. Yep. Like, like you, you couldn't do it. I, I, I'd imagined in my head that I could just manually go see the three of them in one day without right. them giving me a discount or whatever. Right. But by the time, I don't know if... I don't know if when Empire was on, Star Wars was still on, but I know that when Return of the Jedi was on, the other two were not on. Right. So I don't know if this was a thing that the theaters were supposed to do, but when it that came out, I had a job where I traveled and I was in some town and that uh, A New Hope and Empire were both in the theater at the same time. And I remember being like, yeah, and I went to see them both in one day and it ruled and it oh. was the best thing ever. And, but I don't know if that was okay for them to do that. You know what I mean? Like if that was a thing they were supposed to do, but they did. And I went and saw them both and it was awesome. But yeah, Jedi was, by the time it was in the theater, the other two were long gone for sure. I saw this thing in New York on the Bowery, which is sort of like, you know, a real arts district downtown. Like we're all like, you know, sort of like where near Supreme is and all that. And it was this art gallery that my friend runs and the um, the exhibit seemed to just be that they played the three Star Wars movies at the same time. Huh. Now, 
I wasn't sure if that was art, but I did like it. <laughs> were people there with monocles going, oh, yeah, that's a good show? <laughs> <laughs> I think they would have had dad hats on and um, yeah. uh, rolled up chinos. It's, it's a di- different part of town, Eric. You're, you're, gotcha. You're far more um, uptown. <laughs> so um so yeah you're saying you read one just one of those books i don't know how you had the you, you're very discerning to do that i i i was working this really bad job at mcdonald's at the time like i was a, a store manager and so you had but like your hours were terrible like you'd start at like six in the morning one day or for the, for two days. And then your shifts will get later in the, like mm-hmm. but it, it ruined your sleep pattern. Oh yeah. And, and reading those air to the empire books was like my grasp at sanity was just cause it like, cause I was so tired that my life just became trying to learn how to manage a McDonald's, which is, I don't recommend it. I, I don't want to offend Horst Burkhardt's parents or anything like that, but it's, 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 it was not the lifestyle for me. Um, yeah, that would be hard, man. I would think that'd be tough. And, and also, like, you know, it was like decades too early to get the Happy Meal toys. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of doing it if you can't go in and scope out all the good stuff? Oh, so annoying. So annoying. So um, who was your guy or your girl or your droid? Or who is... Oh, Luke Skywalker, front and back, all the way from beginning to end, man. He was the dude. Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy was the thing. And when they announced the sequel trilogy, I I was really excited to see what they were going to do with him. And I, I was not disappointed. I thought it was a really cool take on what they did. Uh, but yeah, he was always the one man. I, I, in the scene in empire where he called the saber to his hand, I was like, yep, that's it. He's the one. And then of course in Jedi all the way from the beginning and and the sail barge stuff and, uh, and then the fight with Vader at the end, he, he was cemented as the coolest person ever. Uh, Unquestionably. Like how that was one of those like that was that was like a truth of my youth, like John. Oh yeah, dude. The and I know you go on about it, and I'm not saying this just to pander to you. This when he gives the little the little salute and jumps off the thing, and dude, when I was young, I because you know how uh, for people who I don't know, I, I assume it's like this for everybody, but like on the movie The Christmas Story. Where Ralphie is imagining, you know, saving his family from from Black Bart with his trusty rifle. Dude, that's how kids like when I was a kid, I would I would fantasize about stuff like that, like I, saving my entire class from. I have no idea what you're talking about. Frigates. Really? A Christmas story. The, the movie A Christmas Story. It's this kid, Ralphie. He wants the BB gun. You're going to shoot your eye out, kid. They on TBS they'll show it like twenty four hours a day on Christmas Eve the entire day just over and over again. What what era is it from? Um, it came out in the. Uh... Ready to pop the question. 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Early to mid-80s, maybe? Hang on, let me look. This is going to drive me crazy. But, it's, dude, it's like a Christmas tradition. They show it every Christmas. You'll see it on cable. and it, like, like I said, I think it's TBS. They show it. 24 hours of a Christmas story and it's just over and over and over again. Okay. Do you think on the Christmas story podcast there, someone's talking about how Luke Skywalker reminds him of Ralphie and the host is like, who's Luke Skywalker? (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe so. But anyway, my whole point being was, is that I would imagine how dope it would be to like, just save all my friends Mm. in that manner. But that's where the Christmas story tie-in was, because that's what Ralphie would do, is imagine saving, in his fa- saving his family or his friends with his trusty Red Rider single-action something-something BB gun. But and, 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 like, who's been, who's been your, your character in, like, the, the Disney era? Um, I, Ray, I would say, is the one. I, there's something about her journey that really i don't know speaks to me i guess mm. of finding out like finding out what you're really what your destiny is what you're capable of uh like late in life i don't know is sort of a very important thing to me because that's kind of it's it follows my personal journey of not really figuring out what i was meant to do until i was probably older than most but um yeah man i just think she's super cool plus she's she wields a lightsaber, so that just instantly sends the factor up to the to the millions. But <laughs> I also, I really, really, really like Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. I thought that even from from the Force Awakens, that what an interesting villain he was. I didn't relate to him, but he's one of my favorite parts of it. Yeah, definitely. Do Do you think, like in retrospect, that they should have made the character a bit softer, like, especially like in the first movie, like with like being there to see the execution and, and, and like the, how he sort of like tortured Ray with the mind thing. Do you think that in retrospect is like probably should have dulled that down a little bit or it's like, it's the star Wars universe and Darth Vader tortured princess Leia and Luke Skywalker redeemed him. I think it's that second thing because you're right. It does, it it does make the the his eventual end a little bit harder to swallow. And th- that was one of the things, like with with the Raylo movement. I'm like, you people are insane because, he, and I don't think that now. I mean, I totally get it, but but it's like he is, uh, he tortured her mentally and physically. He's he's that's not some somebody you want to root for her ending up with is somebody who's basically just abused her and and all these things and because it was it was it was pretty hard but i think the the move of having him remove his helmet whenever he's talking to her 
mm. in uh, in The Force Awakens was was good because it revealed him as a person. And while his actions were very calculated, it was it made it to where it wasn't about her. There was like a weird calmness to it, not a kindness really, but a, a calmness that I think helped not make that so terrible. Mm. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon why not both? That little gif, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did such a good job with it too. And I love the, the whole petulant, you know, temper tantrums and all that. I think it really made his like conflicted nature really work out. Yeah. Cause I remember even with the force awakens sort of going, Oh, I wish we could have got a performance like that for Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like a, a little bit more, um, I don't know, like foreshadowy. Like I felt like sometimes the foreshadowing in the prequels was a little like, here's the foreshadowing bit, guys. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It did seem like it was kind of hitting you over the head, the the sand people and their animals, and I slaughtered them like animals in that whole bit when he loses it. Yeah, well, the same people bit I don't, I don't mind, but like, it, it does put Padme, like him confessing it to Padme, puts her in an awkward position. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, guy that slaughtered that village, you're breaking my heart. Right. <laughs> the like when the news goes to like, to the neighborhood of like the guy that had like the house of horrors or whatever. And the neighbors are like, Oh, we had no idea when, when people right. go to, to interview Anakin's neighbors, it's like, Oh yeah. He, he like, he slaughtered a village. He wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> oh my God. It's like we, he was hoping we'd tell him, Oh, Hey, look, really, it's no big deal. <laughs> and what about background characters, Eric? Uh, in the sequel trilogy. I just in the or whole, just in general, in gen, uh, it's all star Wars, buddy. I don't, why, why are you going to keep them segregated? Well, I, that, that's that's yeah. You, 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 you've been listening to too much Offspring. You, <laughs> that's what they should have called the song. Uh, I think. Let me see. Um, I always really liked. Uh, well, that's too too much of a forefront character. Uh, I thought, and this is, sounds kind of dumb just based on the uh, the original trilogy, but Obi-Wan Kenobi is almost a side player once you get past A New Hope. Mm. And I liked what they did with him. And uh, I, th- I always thought that was pretty cool. I thought that, um, I thought Wedge was pretty cool when I was a kid. Uh, I wish that they, not, I don't wish that they would have had a more featured part for him in the sequel trilogy, but I do wish he would have got gotten in on it sooner. You know what I mean? Like come uh, back to yeah, yeah. force awakens and then seeing him again in in uh, the rise of Skywalker. Uh, well, the, the, I think the, the, you know, the, the, the internet report was, he said it was too boring or something, but then it was like, Oh no, I said I was already booked. Like I had, like he was already working. Yeah, I can't remember what the score was on that because I, 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 I feel like I had read that it was, it wasn't a prominent enough part for him 
to bother coming in for something like that. But uh, I mean, I don't know how true that is. You know how those things go. Yeah, right? I, I remember like when I was real little, like when I was seeing them in the cinema. Like I had no idea that Wedge was in all of them. Do you know what I mean? Like they, right? It, it was right, just right. like it was Luke Skywalker, Porkins, and other pilots. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that that little bit of Porkins that somebody put together the video where he's like got the the big gulp in one hand and the burger in the other. Have you seen that? Oh god, it's so good. Uh, I really like the droids. I thought R two D two man. I and even still, I would love to have one rolling around in the house. It's, as a matter of fact, Stella and I we watched Return of the Jedi yesterday, and we were just talking about. I said, you know, one of these days I'll probably build a full-size R2-D2. And she's like, well, will you build me one too? And I said, I don't think you understand the cost that we're talking about here. This isn't something I'm just going to have a stack of hanging around. But I I always really she, She's it. just like, just answer the question, Dad. <laughs> I don't want to see your bar graphs and pie charts. Just tell me you're going to give me an R2-D2. I'm gonna I did make- tell her that if I ever learned to build one, I'd give her one for high school graduation. You told her that? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a long way off. So she'll forget before then. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. That's that's a good strategy. I'll I'll remember that when I'm making promises to Harrison. It's like There you go. I'm glad I could help. Yeah. Just to schedule them like to come to fruition, either they can't remember or they really won't want that then. Right. Yeah, that's I'm sort of banking on that second one too. But, you know, what what are you going to do? I mean, if she'll she'll probably love Star Wars for a really long time. It it I think it speaks to her the same way it spoke to me at the at her age and still does. Now, uh what what about your favorite scene? Oi. Okay. Uh in Of all time, or just movie by movie, man, I'm just going to blast him. In A New Hope, oh, here we, God, he's, he's it, gone into business for himself. Yeah, in, in, in A New Hope, it's the the run on the Death Star, specifically that last trench run when Luke ends up switching his targeting computer off and blows up the Death Star. Uh, in Empire Strikes Back, my favorite scene is the um, the the attack on Hoth with the the ATATs that uh-huh. the, to me that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen and all that snow and just the brightness of it was really cool in return of the jedi it was or it is um the very end of the duel with vader when he's wailing away on him on the saber and then ends up cutting his hand off that that whole sequence right there i would say is that uh the prequels, I'd have to sit and think about it longer. But in the sequel trilogy, man, Force Awakens when Rey calls the saber to her hand. Mm. I mean, dude, that can still just like bring me to tears. I remember sitting in the theater, just my eyes had to be huge, just blown away by what I was seeing. That was amazing. Uh, in The Last Jedi, it was Snoke getting cut in half. Oh, and 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 specifically, Snoke getting cut in half, and the saber flying at Ray, and her lifting up her hand and grabbing oh, it. Oh, that uh, whole piece. That's one sweet gift. Yeah, it is. 
And then in The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that's hard. While we're pondering, that went the moment she catches the lightsaber was I remember watching it for the first time and that like it was like 10 seconds of pure joy. Like I was just so like I was so shocked and then I was just like so delighted. It was like I was just like could not have been happier with what I I was just like this is the best. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like if any doubts I've had about Disney taking over Lucasfilm were instantly squashed when that moment happened. Uh, oh my gosh, dude! I still, I just, I can picture it so well, and I can remember exactly what I was thinking at the time, and and like just what Daisy Ridley, the emotion she put into that with her facial expressions. Um, oh, dude. Anyway. Uh, oh. The Rise of Skywalker is tough. I haven't seen it enough times to really settle on it. But I do like, I love Adam Driver's performance with Harrison Ford. Oh. And everything he does after that has been solo. Yes. Yeah, I I can't say enough about it. He's oh, He's so brilliant, man. And... The fact that he didn't have any dialogue as Ben Solo, like how much he acted with his expressions and his like just his posture, posture and body movement and facial expressions, man, he killed it. And it's part of what made it so good. And something that I never even made the connection to until we were watching Jedi yesterday was where he gets the saber in the saber handoff, you know, the force Mm -hmm. saber handoff. Mm -hmm. And he does the little shrug. Oh. To the Knights of Ren, and then the the shrug that Han Solo does whenever they tell him to, you know, the the rebels are running through, you know, send out the reinforcements, and they're tricking him because Chewbacca's up in the ATST, mm-hmm. and they come running out, and he's there and gives him the another. It su- made me an, think of the another sweet gift. Yeah, it made me think of the two being connected, and that he's his father's son, you know, uh, and the look away shot from the Force Awakens. Which one? Like, um, like when Han does the look away shot on the stormtrooper at Mars's castle, and then Ben Solo does the same. Sort oh of yeah, look yeah, away yeah. Shot. Yeah, like, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I was never a huge fan of the Han Solo look away shot, but Ben Solo redeemed it for me with the yeah. callback. Because now yeah, I'm just like, that. well, I'm happy to have that because the callback is too sweet. <laughs> To quote Kevin Nash. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, that was so good. If you want to get multiple bonus Steel Wars episodes per week while supporting the podcast financially, please consider checking out the Steel Wars Patreon page. At patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars, you get access to our full podcast library with over six hundred shows as well as multiple weekly bonus shows and that warm feeling that you're helping the podcast continue to put out content check it all out at patreon.com forward slash steel wars the link is in those show notes how many times have you seen the rise of skywalker now Hmm. 
three and a half times. What's up with that halftime? I got food poisoning. Oh, oh buddy. And, and I had to leave. I was, um, yeah, I was, I was shivering and white. And, uh, and I was just like, I'm going to begrudge this film for the rest of my life if I stay. Like, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this at all. There was a second time I saw it. So I, I just had to tap out and I just bolted home to bed, put on as many layers as possible, which apparently you're not meant to do, and just sweated it out in bed. Yeah. Well, I was just getting over a stomach thing going in to see it the first time, the day it came out. And like it was going around in this area. And then my, my whole house was a, a a place of sickness and grossness after me. Then it was Amanda and Henry. And my little girl dodged it all the way around. I don't know how she did it. Big, big shout out to all the listeners eating over lunch, by the way. Yes. Glad we could help out. Having glad a good time. Having a good time. Uh, yeah, and then and one of those times I saw like the 4DX. How was that? I haven't listened to Sadu yet, so yeah, so yeah, we did a, a Patreon exclusive episode, Sadu, with the producer Rashad of our our trip, but it was remarkably good. It was like the 3D was excellent. Um, sadly, no water on the Death Star. Really? No. Oh, yeah. For people that don't know, this is like the the 4D experience, like the 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 seats move around and there's wind. The, the the Falcon when it crashed smelt like burnt metal. Like a Really? Yeah, like a soldering sort of smell. That's dope. And there's a lot of smoke in but yeah, no on the Death Star, I was like, oh, we're going to get drenched. This is going to be like a Gallagher concert or something. <laughs> and uh nah, dry as a bone. Dry as a huh. bone. But super recommend doing it. And I want the film to be longer, but not when I'm in a 4DX seat. Oh, really? Yeah, it got a bit like I'm sitting on one side, then I'm like, a, it got a bit uncomfortable by the <laughs> end. But um, it was, it was, it was super, it was, it was really fun. Really, really fun. Um, so you, you're a, a rarity, as um, from what I can tell, from someone that's in the five hundred first. In that, you don't instantly tell every person you meet that you're in the five hundred first. <laughs> that is true. I do not. Uh, uh, so, h- how'd you get into that? At what at what point? So after the Force Awakens came out, it's like okay, there's no point in and hiding it now i am all in for star wars and sorry amanda so my wife she had never seen a single star wars movie all the way through until after we were married and after the force awakens came out i'm like all right here's what's gonna happen and yeah i said i'm doing this i've always wanted to have build stormtrooper armor let's make this let's make this a thing and i begged her to let me order this kit I've always wanted to have Stormtrooper armor. I thought that'd be the coolest thing ever. And my wife was surprisingly cool about it. Um, after the initial shock of what's wrong with you and what have I gotten myself into? Uh, and what the 501st does with like the hospital visits and stuff like that, man, that is really cool. Now, there's a lot of people in my 501st garrison that are a million times more involved than I am. 
I just because of the age my kids are and like my job and playing in bands on the side, you know, being available to constantly go out on the weekends and do stormtrooper stuff just really isn't. It's not realistic for me, but I try to do do whatever I can when I can. So you, you need to get the kids like little Ewok costumes or something like that. That would be great, man. That would be. Then the last time I went out was a thing for Halloween, and uh, one of the kids, a, a more closer to being adult, an adult child of one of the other people, they watched my kids run around. What Henry was in his Ghostbusters costume. Which was, you know, not particularly on brand for him. It totally is. <laughs> and, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Ewok costumes—that'd be great. That's a good idea. Did he scare off um, Ghost Anakin Skywalker cosplayer? Or <laughs> he did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I imagine I actually managed to get my entire family into a, a family costume for a function that my my church does. Uh, but Amanda dressed up as Ray, and my little girl was Princess Leia with the white gown and the buns. And Henry was he he claimed he was Luke Skywalker, but it was it was an old uh, young Anakin costume. Ah, okay. He gets to decide, Eric, not you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool, man. It was good to see my wife finally, you know, come around and be into it. Yeah. The um, so did she? Is she seen like the last film and stuff? Yeah, yeah, and uh, she she really liked it. I I can't get her to go see it again, you know, <laughs> I, which I don't get. To me, that's weird. But uh, she's been <laughs> now. Jackie has like like she finds the rewatching of a film like. Like that, that better be a long decade in between watches. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. Amanda's like that a little bit. Now, there's some things that she she can watch over and over again. She really likes Marvel movies. Yeah, oh, she's okay. probably she's probably watched Thor Ragnarok twenty times. But that is a good one. It is. Um, now but, she's way into the Mandalorian. Oh, it's hot. Yeah, my yeah. What, what, Jackie loves that as well, but. Like, Jackie won't want to watch a film. Like, she finds it weird to, like, continue, like, watch it and watch it sort of thing. But she will call for a watch from the start TV series rewatch just on the drop of a hat. <laughs> we should rewatch Lost, should we? Like, yeah. that, that is a major commitment. We've got a child. We can't look after a child and a Lost rewatch concurrently. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! Amanda's the same way with Parks and Recreation, which I don't mind. I love that show, but uh, yeah, we we were just watching it the entire thing over and over again, probably three times straight through. Because oh. um, you know, just watching episodes when we'd sit down at dinner or whatever. And uh, but yeah, we haven't in a while. Ever since Disney Plus launched, we haven't been watching nearly as much Parks and Rec. And she'll do the thing where we'll watch like Veep, right? Uh-huh. Like we're we're pretty deep into it. We're like five or six seasons, but we haven't watched it for like six months. And so she's like, "Oh, we'll have to start from the beginning again." I'm no, it's not. <laughs> we, we we don't need to follow the intricate storylines of Veep. But uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Now, now, how did you get into like podcasting and stuff? Like, we haven't even spoken about, but th- this is the time to do it. But uh, about your podcast, The Bad Motivators, one of my favorites, just turned 150. 
Yeah. But how, how did you get into like the, the, the world of, of, of downloading someone talking about Star Wars? Was, were you into podcasts first or was it a search for someone talking about Star Wars that got you into podcasts? Um, I have been into podcasts for quite a while. Not, not super regular as far as a listener goes, but like there's a few specifically music podcasts is what I'd typically, uh, listen to. Cause like I was way into this band, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and, um, a guy was doing a podcast about that band and the production and all this. And, um, like before that, a handful of comedy ones, but mostly music. That's always my thing. It's music and on the music ones, right? Like when I was first getting into podcasts, and before I had one, like I, I became fascinated with the whole how it all worked and the just the medium of it. Mm-hmm. And I used to listen to what was his name? Not Adam Carolla. There was like a guy called the Podfather, and he used to be on MTV. I think he hosted like some headbangers ball or something. Adam. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Because he's like the metal expert or the music expert just in general. Adam Curry. Yeah. 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 So he was like, um, you know, this, like he was like sort of pioneering the RSS feed that everyone was getting this stuff with. And he did this podcast called the daily source code and he would like promote podcasts and, and, and talk about his, um, his setup and all that sort of stuff. And he was very, they had this thing called the pod safe music network. Cause it was, everyone was so worried about, putting music, copyrighted music mm-hmm. on a podcast. Right. Now, I, I don't listen to music podcasts at all, but do people still worry about that or do they just put music on the podcast and it's like like ask for, ask for forgiveness? It's more of an ask for forgiveness sort of thing because it's, it's as prevalent as stealing music became online. Um, people became so desensitized to it. That, and they feel like a lot of times they would uh, – the format of a lot of the stuff I listened to was more review-based. So you wouldn't ever just have them just playing whole tracks with mm. uninterrupted to where you could be like, sweet, now I'm going to listen to this this song over and over again. But, yeah, people just do whatever Yeah, okay. Yeah, because back then it was such a topic. Got to make, yeah. so, make sure your music's pod safe. Right. Well, it's funny because like there was a podcast I listened to for a particular singer that I'm way into. Oh god. And <laughs> who will re- remain unnamed, but this podcast they would feature every episode was about a, a one song. Mhm. And at the very beginning, they would have just the smallest lead-in. Where if it was me, it's like I would have ended the whole episode with that, but they were keeping it all on the up and up and being very uh legally safe about it i guess which i mean kudos to them you know that's that's not how i roll but but, you know i get it i get it it's not as big of a deal for people now so yeah get into how you got into like the whole star wars podcast thing so after uh after they the announcement that disney had bought lucasfilm it wasn't long after that 
when I started checking out Star Wars podcasts. And one of the first ones I listened to was probably like Rebel Force Radio, honestly, but 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 Star Wars Underworld. Mm-hmm. I really like those dudes. And uh, it sort of stuck. And that's how I ended up finding out about a lot of other podcasts. Because I tried, I mean, several just based on their names. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. And what I happen to be into. But yeah, I really like the, the Star Wars Underworld guys. And through them is how I found out about you or about Rogue One and stuff like that. Uh, Johnny's podcast. And um, but by then I'd been listening to podcasts for quite a while just not as actively involved in the community. And the way I got started doing podcasts was as a Patreon supporter for the underworld. This would have been during. Well, you talked about this on the podcast the other day about how it was when Ben Hart, no E needed like co-hosts for when Chris and Dom were in Europe. Yeah, at, at Celebration Europe, which was in London, right? And so when you were talking about that, it was like it really like connected with me because I was at the other end of that. I was recording the Star Wars Underworld episode with Dom and Chris, right, in London, right. So, in, so it was it weird was, to hear the the sliding doors esque uh, lives that we were leading. It was wild because I remember I had never been – I had done a podcast. Uh, like I got interviewed actually by the guy who did that Trans-Siberian Orchestra podcast because I do a tribute uh, tribute band for the thing. And he was using blog talk radio, so I just called in on a phone. So when I did this show with Ben Hart, I had to ask him, so what should I use? What should I get? And I ended up going and like grabbing a gaming headset to do it. But then – the like the first real podcast I did was the one where I got all the people together and we did that super long one for you where it was like the precursor to Strathers Wars, and uh, I ended what? up, yeah. You didn't make bad motivators then. Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. Wow. That Steel Wars was the first one, and uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, because that was that was more than 150 weeks ago. Um, I think so anyway, yeah, I did that and I just happened to have, uh, like I wouldn't have gone out and bought as nice of mic as what I used to do this. If I did, I just had gear because I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. I already had stuff cause I record at home. And, uh, so I was able to get pretty decent sound right off the get go. And that was, so that was my first real experiencing at, experience at recording and editing a podcast was doing that. Cause I, you know, had tons of people on it and tons of clips. So it ended up being like four hours long. And uh, so I got a lot of practice right away. Yeah. So if, if you hadn't listened, it would have been December or January, tw- December 2016, I think it would have um, been. Yeah. December yeah. or January 2017. No, 16. Yeah, or January yeah. 26th. But I feel yeah. like I went... Because it was while I was on Honeymoon. Yeah. And I feel like that was 2016. Like, that towards the end of the year. Because yeah. our, our honeymoon was, like, disjointed from our wedding. We, we, right. We went, our, we, went our, we went about our business for a year before uh, deciding we needed a holiday. Right, 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 right. And so, and so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as, as, yeah. A, as a lovely gift, Eric sort of recorded a 
like a best of like thing with interviews and stuff. Was there there was quips? Was there quips in it or no? Yeah. There yeah. was. Okay. Yeah. I had everybody pick one that they liked and and put it together, organized it in secret and worked out times with everybody and I kept getting the the difference between the United States and Australia completely messed up. Oh no. Um whenever we'd get ready to record. And I don't know how I was getting the math wrong. I think maybe I was you know, you're so used to everything being base ten and uh but <laughs> there's twelve hours in a day, not ten. <laughs> It's would be like, yeah, we're 17 hours ahead. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Well, if I do the math, blah, 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 and I'd end up being off two hours because I'm stupid. Uh, and, but, uh, and also because we're – I don't know if it would have added to it, but we're in daylight savings then. So, like, we're in – Oh, air, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that did. But, yeah, I, I got home from my um, honeymoon and had this lovely four-hour um, – four hours of people saying – Nice to relatively nice things about the show. Yeah, and that was actually the slant of it. It wasn't as much about the podcast as it was about you in particular. And uh, as just a, hey, thanks for being awesome. Because we had the the Steel Wars listener, Star Wars Safe Haven, whatever its official title is, Mm -hmm. was pretty new at the time. And, uh, um, you know, people were just real hip to kind of that atmosphere that you'd set up and yeah, people were really willing to get on board with it. Okay. It's weird in my memory. Like it's very hard for me to remember pre bad motivators, Eric. It's hard for me to remember pre bad motivators, Eric, because it seems like I've been doing it forever. Like I remember you, but I don't remember it as before you did the podcast. Right, right, right. I gotcha. Um, because we met at Celebration in Orlando. Yeah. So did you meet Dallas and, and Luke, who you do the podcast with? Did you, did you meet them there or did you already know them from online? I knew them from online. And when we were in at Celebration Orlando, those were like, that was episode nine of The Bad Motivators. So we did like a 9.01, 9.02 of the days of, of Celebration there. Gotcha. So, yeah, because in my head, that was before you did those episodes. That's what, so, so I'm, like, totally out of, like, my Struthers, like, timeline is, my, my Struthers canon is messed up, man. That, that's okay. You, you Tweet Pablo Hidalgo. He'll be able to set you straight <laughs> on this. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so, yeah, I was just looking it up. The, those episodes uh, that I recorded for you, you ended up putting them – at least on the Patreon feed, they're showing up like in March of 2017. So I gave it to you in January of 2017, I think. I think that would just be setting up the Patreon. Right. I think that maybe like, that's it. Yeah, there's probably like hundreds that were uploaded in March. You, yep, you're right. You're so right. So, well, now I'm all thrown off again. Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Regardless. That's around when it was. But, uh, yeah, I did that before... I did the the thing with the motivators for the first time. The thing with I'm like trailing off because I'm trying to look at something. Where'd it go? The um. So you were like up to episode nine of the bad motivators. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. And so, how did you meet those guys? Just like on Twitter or something? Or uh, so I did. I met Luke when. 
I was a guest on Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, and Luke was the other guest because Johnny was doing a a thing that was like people who were contributing to the show. And I had done the, um, I can't remember if I made their current theme by that point, but I'd done a couple of things for them. And uh, Luke had done like some uh, uh, album artwork for them. Uh-huh. So he had us on and we we met like that and Cruiser hit me up and started hounding me about that we should start a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, man. And we both ended up weirdly, <laughs> it's so crazy that this is the case now because, boy, if I could go back and change time, we both brought up Dallas because at the time he'd <laughs> done some guest spots like on the Sith list and he was killing it, man. We like, we ought to see what this dude's up to. And uh, yeah, we got him on, and that that's been that. And so, it's so like so. You guys are like like fast friends now, having talked to each other for an hour every week, one hundred and fifty times. Yeah, yeah, man. We we're really close. You know what? My family we went on vacation. Um, well, actually, let me back that up. Uh, when the Last Jedi came out, Luke and Dallas both came to St. Louis and hung out. We went to see the movie together. And did a podcast about it the weekend that it came out. And they stuck around and caught my band, caught, uh, caught a show. And, and, uh, and then when my family and I went on vacation, um, there's a pretty cool children's museum in India- Indianapolis, Indiana. And we went there and uh, Luke Cruiser lives close to there. And we went and cooked out with him and swam in the pool. And yeah, it's been all because of podcasting and Star Wars. I'm always confused by the children's museum, Eric. Like there, there was one, there's one that we saw the other day. It was closed, but um, we we're like, is this a museum of children or a museum for children? <laughs> That's like, a great. Like, is, is it a museum to like appeal to children, or is it great children throughout history? <laughs> well, you know, you it's 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 to appeal to children, but you really bring up a good point because like an art museum isn't a museum that appeals to art. No. It is a museum of art. Yes. So yeah, yeah. That's like, a. You know what? You just blew my mind. Yeah, like like at the Natural History Museum, like there's not like elephants in there taking in the exhibits. <laughs> right. Mastodons in there with their cameras around their <laughs> around their. Oh, they, love, they love taking photos. They love yeah. taking photos. Um. So, yeah, I remember. Like meeting you at Orlando and before like you texting me and like, are we going to be in that? And just like, going, oh my God, I hope this guy's normal. <laughs> Man, you sure. I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> I think you're the most normal one. But um, yeah, I remember just like going, this is going to be really awkward if we don't like get along. Right. Do you remember the first words you said to me in person? I think I, I, I would have been about your hair. It would have had to have been about the hair. Actually, no. Oh. It, it was we're sitting there and we're in the line. We're in the queue already. And Dom and uh, uh, Chris are all right there. What, in, the queue, in the queue at Celebration? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's when we first met, like after yeah. I'd got everything. Like, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And so you sit down and you look over at me and you're like, oh, I got to get it used to your voice coming out of your face. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, fair enough, man. Fair enough. But you've got the Struthers voice. And I so, do. And it's like, I, I get that when I listen to a podcast and I meet them. And I'm just like, like, if I've listened to it a lot. And like, I think it's like, if they don't, like their album artwork isn't their face or so, uh-huh. like, like you don't like connect it. And so when I like watch people talk, I'm just like, this is fascinating. Like, this is so surreal. Yep. Yep. But it was it, a thing. It's weird. Like now, when you say it, I, like, I'm like, I remember that, but it's so something that I would just say to someone when I first <laughs> meet them that it's like, I can't, that's that's too on brand for someone yeah. for someone yeah. to make up that I'd said. <laughs> uh, the uh, so how how was that whole experience of sort of, I guess, like prior to going to that celebration, like had you met anyone in person? No, not a single person. I flew down there all, completely on my own. Um, I had because of the star Wars underworld guys, I had hooked up with them in this housing that this Airbnb that Dom or God. Oh yeah. Just, you have just cracked open a world of memories that. (laughs) And I, I hadn't met anybody. Now I did actually fly down, um, a couple of dudes in my 501st garrison were on the same flight as me. And we ended up like sitting together on Southwest airlines flight and uh but yeah, I went down there on my own and just you know, hooked up with people that I had knew from online and it was like we'd been friends in real life forever. It was like not weird in the in the least. And uh of course, very infamously you did the sound at uh you know, the the big live podcast we all had. Um now I like we're, we're, <laughs> When we got to the erotic fan fiction segment, like you know, I, I first time I've ever met you, first weekend I've ever met you, but and and I like I know that like you're really involved with your church and stuff, and I was sort of like, I don't know how, the, like, I, 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 I hope right, this, right, right, midway through it, I'm like, oh, I hope it, this goes down okay with Eric that he's like not using his talents to get the sound out and he's against what's coming out the speaker. No, because you know, you don't know, know, you know, and I totally get it. Usually, and this sounds terrible. What I'll do a lot of times whenever I'm, I meet somebody and we're talking and the subject of me working at a church comes up, they'll instantly, I can see it in their eyes. They're thinking, Oh, what, what have I said up till now? Oh crap. And so what I'll always do is just, throw in a well-placed f-bomb here or there just to let them know i'm cool (laughs) (laughs) but you know what i mean to make them comfortable but no i totally get it dude that night so that venue was not the way we set up in there was not it wasn't what that sound system was invented for and it was like we were down to the wire and how to interface with their system was it we just sort of lucked out we had these headphone extension cords that randy had bought at cvs that were like spiraled you know stretched as far as they would go going out this door plugged into these rca jacks on the patio 
And uh, it's like if they moved the door just wrong, it would come unplugged. And the speakers were right above us pointing straight down. And it was like feedback central. It was so hard. But and I was so tired, too. But it was so worth it, man. It really turned out good. People had a great time there. It was one of the all time evenings. It was it it was that was so fun. Yeah. People were like just so happy. Like yeah. to, to like to, I think I felt like it was like the first time all these people had met, and mm-hmm. and and it was sort of like even, ah, oh, you're, you know, right, Darth Maul slays on, you know, like it was, right, it was like people were just like beaming. It was, it was a good time. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good, good time for Star Wars fandom. Um, but yeah, the that that place was not. Like, like, let's be honest. Few sound systems are designed to broadcast what we were saying. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. But oh my gosh! There, there's those photos of us doing the show, and then you're in the background. And yeah, some people said, "Oh, why? Why is that guy so miserable? Why is like?" In, <laughs> and it's like, I know he's very tired, and and concentrating on the on the spider web of cords oh oh my gosh so we had i flew down there but one of the guys in our 501st garrison he would uh basically rent space in his trailer so people could haul their armor down there and all that stuff and um i ended up taking like a big plastic tote with a mixing board and tons of cables and we had like just enough cabling where i could only get so far away you know, that's why it was such a problem getting yes. the thing out the door, too. And it's like, oh, my God. And it was I was so tired because here's the thing, man. That was like my first convention ever. And I didn't want to miss anything. So I did both overnight lines the first two days. Don't want to miss that 3 a.m. DJ slot. Oh, yeah. That was so sweet. And the big <laughs> lightsaber battle, too. And so I slept like maybe 90 minutes in between oh. first day and second day. And uh yeah, it was it was a long few days, but dude, it was the best of times. Oh my gosh, it was the best of times. Oh yeah, that was that that was the best of times. That was that was that was one of the all time weekends. Uh, yeah, so good. So, like, did that sort of cement your Star Wars ness after that sort of meeting everyone? And it did, and because I knew this is something that I'm going to want to do every time one of these comes up and just spending the time with the people and something I really like doing um, and something that I did quite a bit in Chicago was just talking, trying to talk to just about anybody I'd meet about what their experience was and what they thought of it and just get their take on it. I find that super interesting, but just to make so many friends too, that's, that's what's a blast. So were you as a veteran of two of those lines back to back half an hour's sleep when they announced that that wasn't going to be happening last year, what were what, what emotions did you feel? It was a mixed bag, honestly. <laughs> because because here's the thing: when and I will say it really worked out that now looking back, I we did my group did terribly in the panel lottery, uh-huh. terribly. And at first, I was not mad, but I was disappointed. And, uh, you know, cause lots of people were getting where they were in the main auditorium for three of them and we got none and we got 
the 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 smallest overflow room, the like the deepest overflow room for the Mandalorian panel. Yeah, but, I, I hope they change like yeah. some algorithm to like you don't go back into the drawer until everyone else's right won one of their picks or something because it's that that right. was that was like it's sweet. Uh-huh. Like if you. Like, you know, I'd want to get the clean sweep. Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. Who but, wouldn't? Yeah, but it's sort of, um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a weird thing when you talk to someone that got none and then it's like, oh, yeah, we got, we're into Dude. four things. Like, Well, the we referred to the group as the Australians, but Chapman and uh, Catherine Neen and Turbo and uh, um, Andy Campbell and Steph, they did they did really well and i kept teasing them every time we'd pause the cast together i'm like you come here to my country <laughs> you steal you steal all my panels from but here's the thing the, my whole point with this is it was it was a relief in the long run because if there had been an overnight queue i would have done it mm. and the fact that it was taken out of the equation and then realizing that it wasn't the end of the world when i wasn't in the panel it took a lot of the pressure off it. And I was able to just really just chill out and enjoy the thing. And, you know, because the, the idea of the overnight line is, is that if you want it bad enough, you'll get in Mm. more or less. They kind of screwed that up in Orlando when people who waited overnight didn't get in, which sort of sucks. But, um, but yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to do it. It actually enhanced my, uh, enjoyment of the entire thing. Yeah, I feel like the Orlando panels, like that fortieth year one, like that, like like nothing at at the last celebration sort of like touched that. Right. Well, because I can say this, man. Looking back, being in the room for the fortieth anniversary panel when John Williams was behind that curtain in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I I would not be willing to give up that experience for lots of lots of scenarios. If I could give you, of course, like a million dollars, I probably would. But you know what I'm saying? That was such a high point, not just in my fandom, but just in my life in general, being there mm. with John Williams playing Leia's theme leading off. How great of a moment that was. None of the panels in uh, Celebration Chicago were even remotely close to that, to the gravity of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, there was that panel had so many like moments, like, it, mm-hmm. like, you know, there was like George getting brought out straight away, yeah. Billy Lord doing, you know, her, her like dedication and then, you know, John Williams and all that. But one thing you've mentioned a few times that, you know, you're, you're in a band and all that stuff, but, like you, like your like fandom leads far more into like music than it does for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, how was that to see the dude that wrote it and conceived it playing it? Where? How far away were you from um from where he I, was? I was pretty far. I would say I was in the back, the very beginning of the back third of the seats, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty pretty far back there, and I was on the opposite side of the room of from where he was. So I was way like auditorium left, Got but you. it didn't matter. It 
it it honestly didn't matter a bit because I could hear everything perfectly. Like even when he turned around and shushed us all, you know, and it was dude, it was such a big deal. It's I oh my gosh, it's like gives me chills just thinking about it. Whenever the the opening strains of the strings opened up and I'm like, nah uh and instantly the whole room went dead silent and people are crying. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was magic, man. That was a major deal for me. That's the thing I would tell everybody. How was celebration? Let me tell you it, dude, that was a home run home run. Oh yeah. That was like beyond imagination. Mm-hmm. Like it was so, how is he here on right. the carpet just there? And how did nobody know? How did nobody leak this because you know there's like oh man i heard george is going to be there and i bet we'll get this and i'll bet we'll get that but nobody said i bet john williams is going to be hiding behind a curtain with a freaking (laughs) orchestra and it's going to play four songs nobody said that yeah in 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 classic saunders style i did look at those curtains and go should have put put a screen up there (laughs) (laughs) i'm always critiquing yeah the events and i'm like why is there just a curtain there? That's a waste. Put a screen. Or, oh, my or, gosh. Or, or an orchestra. Yeah. You know what you could have put back there? Oh, my gosh, dude. So so when you, like, watch the films, like, when you watch um, Rise of Skywalker, like, I don't really, I don't know, I don't even think the music's, I don't know, this time around, no, it did kick in with me. On, on a few of the later screenings, but normally I don't like when people comment on the on the music, and I've only seen it once. I've got no idea what they're talking about, right? Like I, it's just not like I'm trying to take in all this stuff, and the like the hearing gets like I don't put that in my priority list, right? I got you. Like I, like I'm trying to take in the story and and mm-hmm. the lines, and and then like look at cool stuff in the background. But, like, when you first see it, like, how much is your appraisal based, like, on the music? Um, so, for The Force Awakens, it was a, a major component of it. Because, in and this is not a slight to John Williams in by any stretch of the imagination. Here but, we go. But the, the amount of new, like, major themes going into The Last Jedi and then into The Rise of Skywalker... It, I mean, rightfully so. There's a lot of reusing of this, this, and this because this is Ray's theme. This is the Resistance theme. This is all this stuff. But with the Force Awakens, hearing like Kylo Ren's theme and Ray's theme and the March of the Resistance, that stuff stuck out to me so hard mm. right away. And it was like such a thing for me that I would listen to the soundtrack afterwards. Because, man, I saw The Force Awakens in theaters, I think, like 17 times, something like that. But I would listen to the soundtrack and it would put me right in the movie. I could tell you exactly where, what part this was in and like the dialogue would just fill itself into my head. It made that much of an impact. Yeah, right. The... um. I remember like the Kylo Ren when he arrived in that. Uh-huh. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. It's, I'm, I'm not. I'm, That's I'm, all right. I'm no David Collins with my little <laughs> my little piano here. Yeah. And 
the I love yeah Ray's theme. Like I remember being in my kitchen in Australia just whistling that mm-hmm. while I cleaned the house, like that my like mouth was sore from the not, yeah. not musical at all. Not musical at all. It's all right, buddy. So I, I know you're a big fan of, of David Collins and his podcast. Like how much of that stuff like 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 it's gobbledygook to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like all that like about like the you know I don't even know if this is like four by four or okay, all that stuff is like Right. I, I, I have no idea, right? But like how they can like slow down a th- or change the key or something and it becomes another character's like thing. Like g- give us an example of one of those things. Is 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 like So, okay, if you listen to and I picked this up not on the first time I saw The Phantom Menace, but the second time. Um because leading up to The Phantom Menace, I had um been list- obviously watching the original trilogy a lot anyway. And when you hear like uh, the Emperor's theme mm-hmm. in Jedi, it's da 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 da. Right, you do that pretty good. You, thank you. I couldn't get those lowest notes there out of my range. But then when you get to the end of the Phantom Menace, and he's like, "I'll be watching your career with great interest," you get the 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 choir that sings ah ah ah. It, that is the it's the exact same interval leaps except in a major key instead of minor and you know they show the side shot of palps there when that's going on and i'm like oh man i see what you just did right there to me that was genius so what do you think that like i still don't really get it like i i i, I i'm not questioning it mm-hmm. right 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 but, like my comprehension I'm just like, oh yeah, that like is that is that bizarre to you that I'm No, no, not at all. Because I mean that's it's just a language that I speak, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And like John Williams, his connection to music, it's almost like he sees it, not just hears it. It's a almost like the the oral part of it becomes a visual part for him. And what happens is, is he doesn't want the average person to notice that. What happens is you're subconsciously, you'll make a connection between the two without realizing you're making it. And that's what his goal is. God, it's like he's musically subtweeting me. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. And, uh, and so I get it when, when people don't don't get into that. And it's like what a music, what music is supposed to do. The understanding of it from an academic level is not even remotely critical to the enjoyment of it at all. And it's more of an explanation in hindsight where a lot of the stuff that you realize, like if you listen to David W. Collins podcast, I love the soundtrack show. He's fantastic at it. A lot of the stuff. And I think he'd probably say the same thing. It's easy to see when you analyze it later. But did the composer mean to do this? Probably not on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level of really trying to tell this story through the music. That's why it ends up being the way it is. But I think like the Palpatine theme, uh, I think that was definitely intentional, which is brilliant in its own right. Uh, but he doesn't want people to understand it at that level. He wants people to, what music is supposed to do is explain to you how to feel. And that's what it's there for. It's like, it's like the 
audience laugh track in early sitcoms. It's ticks to let you know, okay, this part's funny laugh, but it's the music is there to let you know how you're supposed to feel about a situation. That's why in the trailer for the rise of Skywalker, when you're getting the music that goes along with C3PO saying, taking one last look at my friends, it's like this gut wrenching moment that, but when then you see it in the movie, it's completely different feel. Yeah. And you're not even worried for a second that C3PO is not going to be okay because they're instantly joking about it. And the music behind it's different, but the music in the trailer explains to you how to feel at that moment. Yeah, that, it's it's so weird. It's so jarring how different it is, mm-hmm. and, and how and how like in my opinion, it's it's way better in the trailer. Oh yeah, for sure. Because the the moment the moment wasn't the same, and it wasn't intended to be the same. I think in the trailer, what they're really trying to do is let you know that you're taking one last look at the friends you've made in these movies. That you're C-3PO in this case. You're supposed to feel sad because you're taking How one last look. How dare you? <laughs> you're, you're taking one last look at these these characters that you've come to call your friends and over all these years. And that's what they wanted you to feel like. It was less about him and more about the viewer. Hmm. It's, it's almost like um, that scene is when you tweet your opinion of a new Star Wars film. And you're like, I'm just gonna take one last look at all my friends, and yeah. then and then you say your opinion, and yeah. you know, half of them are now annoyed at you. And then and then it's all the comments and all the retweets are Poe going, "This is gonna be a problem." That's- <laughs> <laughs> so hey, how did you feel in the Rise of Skywalker with? we were talking about before about Kylo Ren and, and like his redemption because, you know, you're, uh, you know, we're talking about before you, you like work at a church and you're someone that's talked about in the podcast. You've had a bit of a a redemptive life. You've changed your life around. How does that sort of relate to Star Wars? Well, I, I like to think that it's in most cases, it's never too late to change your path. Now, whether or not you can be absolved in the eyes of others is pretty hard to say. You know, like, can I buy that Kylo Ren has thrown away his old self and become the person he was born as? You know what I mean? Sure, sure, I can take that. But do I think there'd ever be a scenario where he could go and hang out with everybody like Poe and Finn and be like, Hey man, my bad. And they'd be like, Oh, it's all right, bro. We get it. I think that's where the, the, damn that Snoke. It wasn't even Snoke. That guy. Oh, (laughs) what are you going to do? And so in that respect, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? But I think in the, in the real world, it would be like, I don't know, insert insane person or, you know, psycho murderer here who suddenly sees the error of his ways. You you did the crime, you do the time. That's just sort of the thing. Yeah, but it's not the real world. That's it's right. something that um, it can't be stated enough. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it needs to be stated more because people keep forgetting yeah, I it's it's interesting cuz I was 
like, you know, I, I, I found The Rise of Skywalker, like, just as a film, the whole experience I, I found disappointing. Yeah. Like, so there's there's parts of the film that is love, but, you know, like, I, I just can't argue it. Like, I, do you know what I mean? I, I didn't come out, like, like punching in the sky. Um, you know, I... I remember driving home from Return of the Jedi. I was pretty fired up. I was I, I was I was beatboxing my own uh, yub nub lyrics and uh, driving my mum up the wall. But um, like when you look at all the films, like now, like in, in with like the modern lens, like I, I was sort of thinking about it, and because I, I really like the message of Ray being a no one and stuff, and. I was sort of thinking, well, maybe how people have expectations of like things happening in the plot, like maybe my expectations were too high for what the movie was going to say. Right. I understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, I mean, I was a big fan of the Ray being nobody. I thought that that made it, I don't know, it just, it just felt right. It felt like it was just proof that anybody is capable of, of changing the world, that mm, kind of thing. Yeah. And, and to have it be, I understand why they did what they did, but it just felt so messy. And that's a word I keep hearing people tossing around. I mean, just something as simple as we end the, the last Jedi with the kids playing, telling the story of here's Luke Skywalker, this little doll he made standing in front of this thing. And, it's already has spread like wildfire that Luke Skywalker saved the galaxy. And then we start and you know, we're a year ahead in the future and nobody, it like doesn't seem to be a thing. Yeah. Nobody's talking about it. But I, I was sort of thinking about how we look at it with like modern eyes and like abusive relationships and stuff. But then like, like, so people sort of like, oh, how can you sort of sell, you know, how can you like Ben Solo when he did all this stuff? Right. And it's like, but you love Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> there is that, yeah. And, you know, it's sort of in reverse that he got worse as he went along. Right, it, but right. like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, I, I never heard anyone in, like, all the years of Star Wars fandom sort of complain that like Luke sort of redeemed his dad or, you know, for, you know, do you know what I mean? Brought him back to the light and sort of gave him his love. Like I never heard anyone complain about that, but yeah, it's just like, I was sort of trying to weigh up whether like, am I, am I, am I expectations too much for what this was going to say? I don't think so, honestly, because you know, they, the accusation has always been there that it, they were just trying to retread the original trilogy or aspects of it. And it's but the original trilogy managed to pull it off. So why didn't this? I mean, my take on it is I love the movie as it was fun to watch it. It was it was neat. But it's certainly not the best. <laughs> there it is again. It's certainly not the best Star Wars movie ever. And, you know, here we are. It's It's been in theaters, what, like, uh, what's today? Um, getting close to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Pretty close. And I've only seen it three times. That's 
unheard of compared to the last two movies and Rogue One and Solo, quite frankly. Uh, I am going to see it tomorrow with my dad, which is kind of neat. But I don't in my head. It's because I've been too busy. But I think honestly, deep down, a big part of it is it's because I'm just not as stoked on. Oh, my gosh, I got to see this as many times as possible in the theater because I don't I'm not like it didn't blow my mind. I didn't leave there going, yes, I feel so fulfilled and everything's tied up just right. I'm not. That's not me at all. So that's like when I went to see it the, the next time, I was just like, just watch the starships. Just, mm-hmm. just, <laughs> just, they, they, they pass the laser sword using space magic. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and that's sort of, so I saw it twice in a row uh, on the night it opened. And the first time, I mean, it's hurtling through all of the, like the first act and a half. And I was like, this is almost too much. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't know how I feel about this. Wait, what's going on now? And watching it immediately after, I was able to look at it a little differently. But I can say that, you know, when you talk about whether or not your expectations were too high, there were definite threads that were started and let go. And definite things that happened that were kind of out of nowhere. And I can't believe I'm going to attribute this to Chris Fresh. But, you know, something he mentioned is like, you can't just say Palpatine's back in the crawl and have that be it. <laughs> so how did that happen? You, you, you can't just put it in the crawl. That, do, that doesn't count. And, and uh, I, mean, I mean, but it's aspects like that that, yeah. How, how did this happen? How did Snoke end up in power? How did, how did, how did, how did, how did any of this happen? That kind of thing. But, yeah. I mean, they set it up and, and didn't walk a lot of it through. Yeah. And, like, everyone's got different levels of what they want explained and stuff. Like, you know, people were, you know, sort of upset about Snoke dying without the backstory and that. But, and, and I thought it was fine. Like, I, I, anything about Snoke I love. But, Back from the dead. The dead speak. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Give us, give us a shout out. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't need, I don't need random theories thrown out from Charlie from Lost. I want, I want, <laughs> I want some hard facts. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and here's one thing I can say though, because it seems like. And I don't mean this as a derogatory term, but like the casuals, the more casual pe- people who, yeah, I like Star Wars. I got a Star Wars shirt from Target once. It's pretty neat. That sort of thing. They oh, seem to love okay. the movie. I thought you meant people that like wore Crocs to the cinema. Oh, good Lord. No, those there. You can't even talk to those people. Oh, uh, don't be like that about Corey. <laughs> Come on. Dude, I love Corey. Uh, but they seem to love the movie. My dad, has, who's in his 70s, has already seen it twice. My dad is not a, hey, let's go see the same movie two times unless he's wanting to hang out with me. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But he, he's really, he, he totally dug it, and which surprised me because he did not like The Last Jedi much, I don't think. Yeah, I think, um, like, spectacle-wise, it's um, quite the spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It definitely is. Well, the other bit of fandom that uh, you're very, you're all over the place, Eric, with um, all the things you do. But one thing we haven't touched on, which is 
now very close to my heart is your your saber building. Now, what's up with it? This? this sounds like another hobby you developed purely to frustrate your wife. <laughs> well, it definitely has frustrated her. Uh, I've got a stack of empty hilts behind me that I need to convert into cash. And uh, I know she's been like, when are you going to make this happen? So uh, I, it's something that I've always thought lightsabers were the coolest. That's one of the coolest things about Star Wars. And Some might say they're neat. They are. They're quite neat. <laughs> <laughs> I do say that too much. Uh, but, no, just per- the perfect amount. Yeah. But the uh, the my background is in electrical engineering. And I worked a lot in electronics and industrial automation and that sort of thing. And so when I realized that there were lightsabers out there that were more accurate and cooler than like the toys you could buy at Target, like even the really nice black series sabers, I was like, well, what's this all about? So I I reach out to this guy that I saw on some like Star Wars documentary who's builds lightsabers and it took him forever to get back to me. And he's like, Oh, well what you need to do is this. Cause he like custom makes like cuts pipes into shapes and hilts and stuff. So anyhow, I started looking into it and find out there's this whole subculture of it. And I was like, I have the skill set to do that. And how dope would it be if I built my own lightsaber? And it just stuck, man. Cause I, it, I enjoy doing it because I enjoy what the product's going to be and holding like the very first lightsaber I built was the classic, you know, Luke Skywalker from a new hope lightsaber. And when I even every, every time I look at it, I'm like, Oh, it's so cool. As a matter of fact, I have it on a lightsaber stand on my bedside table. <laughs> Don't break into that house. Home security. That's right. You got it. Um, so how do they even so I've I've got one here which we'll talk about in a sec. But like how do you get all the shapes? Like as far as the the hilt itself? Yeah, like so I've got so, the, the Jedi Luke one and it's you know, then it's got like the the emitter, then there's a copper mm-hmm. bit, and then there's the black bit with all the lines that really say which lightsaber it is. Like how how did they all get there? So, okay, so fortunately, there's enough of a sub subculture of this where uh, companies, basically like one-man companies, will uh, engineer a hilt kit and then find somebody who can produce it for them. Ah. And, and so, like, in that case, everything that's in the, that is the hilt was from this kit. Now, what's cool, I mean, you have to modify a lot of the stuff to get it to work out the way you want. But all in all, a lot of that hard work is done for you. The biggest part comes in the electronics. That's where all the work ends up being. Ah. But, but like, what's, what's cool about this, the, most of the hilts I get are from this guy who calls himself Corbanth. And his, it, like, Corbanth.com, Corbanth with a K. And uh, he has some really cool hilts. And in this particular one, that Luke one, it comes with a bunch of different interchangeable parts. So, like, if you wanted it to where you – what you have right there is the – it's called an LS6. That's the model of the hilt for Luke Skywalker Episode 6. And it's in hero configuration, which is where anytime they show the saber up super close – it's the fancy one. Uh-huh. And like when you see when Darth Vader is holding it on the when they're having the father son cookout on that deck, that's 
the configuration it's in. Mm-hmm. But when you see it like in his hand on uh, the skiffs, it's in another configuration. But it comes with all the parts that you can make it be whichever one you want. But oh, that's okay. Because on the skiff, it's like rubber or something. Yeah. 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 And so the 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 part which what they would call the like the the clamp section where the LEDs are on yours the the red and the green one uh-huh. that one's on the skiff it's shaped more like the one um like the Luke Skywalker original lightsaber it's uh-huh. more of a clamp like that and the the bottom of it's different God you're a real nerd dude I'm so so nerdy yeah <laughs> so how <laughs> many how many do you have for, like, um, that, that are you, like your keepers. Okay, so right now I have three sabers that I've built for me. Well, two of them, they're my kids now, um, but but one for myself. And then I've got all the parts to make a Kylo Ren saber. Well, oh. most of the parts. I've got enough parts to make one uh, like the what you have in your hand. And uh, I've got several other hilts that are just waiting for me to decide to do something with them. Like I have an Obi-Wan Kenobi from episode four that I need to build and which <laughs> looks quite a bit like that Luke Skywalker lightsaber, if I do say so. And, and just comparatively, how many guitars do you want? Uh, like 22. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. They're all next to me over here. Wow. In cases. Yeah, I have acres of guitars. And it's dumb. I'm not going to lie. It's dumb to have that many guitars. God, because I, I'm glad all your like mental hoarding issues are not just segregated to like one part of your hobbies. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah, it's definitely not. I always thought having a lot of guitars was cool, but now that I do, I realize I have guitars that are really nice that I haven't played in years. And they're sitting there with gross strings on them. They need to be clean. They need to be this and that. But it's like, psh, I play gigs all the time, and I'm using like three guitars. Yeah, and the other 20-some-odd right. sit at home, never getting played. So, yeah, it is sort of dumb. But well, lightsabers, now that's totally different. There's, <laughs> you can use them every day. You're real general grievous about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Now, um... You did a very kind thing. I'm, I'm quite blown away. The, the the Luke Jedi lightsaber has always been like the one and the only one that I've ever wanted. And I sort of slept on getting those EFX ones. And then they like soared up in price. Mm-hmm. Like the one that you could open up and stuff. Like Right. And then there's other ones that I... Like I had eBay searches and they're like... They're just not in... They're, they're not at a fun amount. Like if I bought right. it, it'd be like, right. like I'd resent it. Right. Yeah, I'd, I totally understand. I'd totally like, get you, it. You cost me so much, Saber. <laughs> then I'd be like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> Hug him in bed. Yeah, so the Jedi Luke thing. I, I tell you, this EFX, do you know that company? Is it EFX? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They announced four years ago at Comic-Con that they're going to do these lightsaber double packs. And then each year they just fade away. They And then I asked them about it and they, they, they were not happy about my question. <laughs> <laughs> we, I never said that. We never said that. 
You just sort of mum. They you and you ask someone something and you immediately regret it. Like I oh should, yeah, I just like when I asked my boss if I could have a raise. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give him a raise, yeah. but uh, you know it's very different. But um, yes. Yeah, so Rashad brought this around, and it, it's you made it for me with the help of um a bunch of our friends. So it's um. Sorry, I'm just sort of looking at it. Uh, it's amazing. So I, I just want to say thanks so much for that. So where the idea for this came, I just want to throw this out there, man, is whenever I was like at Celebration interviewing people and just guests we've had on the Bad Motivators and all this stuff, a common theme that kept coming up was, man, you realize if it wasn't for Steel, a lot of us wouldn't even know each other. But because of the community that formed around his podcast and just stuff that he does – and I'm like, oh, my God, it's enough, man. I get it. He's great, blah, blah, blah. But I thought, man, you know what would be really cool? Because seriously, it was a super common thread of if it wasn't for Steel Saunders, most of us wouldn't know each other. And it's true. It's actually true. And I blame you for some of the people I know that I'm <laughs> mad about. But but what I did is I reached out to a bunch of people and said, hey, would you be interested in, in contributing to this? And I'll, you know donate my time and then whatever whatever else we need to make this happen and so i'm just here's a list of people who jumped in to help make this lightsaber happen uh tim dunlap was the superstar of this thing our buddy rashad and uh rebecca edwards she's awesome andy campbell Brittany brown from the cantobite dispatch uh blake moomaw she's from downtown Downtown, Brittany Brown, yeah. And uh, our buddy Blake Muma, who he... does a, a a great Eric Strathers impersonation. Oh my god. I was I was telling Jackie <laughs> about how good Blake's Eric Strathers impersonation is last night. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is pretty good, I gotta say. Like I was listening to a show and I was like, I don't remember being on this. <laughs> oh wait, it's it's him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um Johnny Grosso. Ah, yeah. Uh, Turbo Matthew Thurman, nice. Hawes Burkhart. Ah, oh, I've heard of him. Dom Legaspi, heard of him. Luke Cruiser, the Cruiser. Kat- Catherine Neen. Ah, the most delightful. Yeah, she's awesome. Chris Hall, Emily Lind. Ah, which is weird because he's she's always bad mouthing me. Yeah. Oh, dude. She it was very begrudging. Oh, she okay. gave me this money. She's like, I'm going to give this to you to do this just so that I can hold it over his head. That's exactly what she said. And I'm <laughs> like, hey, whatever your motivation is, that's fine with me. Um, Araj Dilat Shahi. Nice. Matt Grant from uh, uh, Blue Bantha Milk. Love him. Josh Chapman from Ch- Star Wars Spelt Out. But really, he's more famous for his Peppa Pig podcast. <laughs> Along with his, his co-host on that, our buddy Matt Frost. Frosty. Uh, King Tom. Oh. Brandon Baker. Oh. Robbo. Oh. Yeah, Les Gonzalez. Oh. Jessica Schrader. Nice. And Dallas Wood. Wow. Well, um, yeah, thank you, everyone. I absolutely cherish it. It's, it is one of those things, like, I, I'm, I, I'm doing a bit of... um start of the year cleaning, cleaning out the, the cupboards and trying to get my, you know, office all set for the new year. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like I'm I'm gonna create a, a bit of a, a Luke Skywalker shrine 
a Luke Skywalker Return of the Jedi shrine on, on, nice. on, my, on my first shelf up here. So I just need that. Um, I just need that signed picture. I need the one of him like holding the lightsaber from that book on the deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sail, from, with the yeah. red thing. That's yes. That is the the Luke Skywalker photo. I feel so. Um, it'll happen. We've we've, we've come so close. Yeah, we've we've come so close. You've you've been like two ships passing in the night. You you've got to seal this deal, man. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a dinghy and like a giant cruise liner passing in the night. Still ships. Okay. That's. <laughs> but um, yeah. Thanks, man. It's um, it's it's what I've always wanted, <laughs> dude. I'm so happy. I was so happy for you to have it. I couldn't, I was so glad that we were able to do it and I couldn't wait for Rashad to get it to you. And in his own incredibly awkward way, he still managed <laughs> to make it. Happen. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that the, the blade comes off because for some reason I like displaying them just the hilt, like it was real. Oh, sure. That to me, that's the biggest thing. And when I was trying to decide, do I want him to get this with the blade in it or just the hilt at first? And I'm like, oh, just the hilt. And so that little plug that I made at the end, it lights up inside. So like if you you have to like take it out, um, oh, okay. put the blade in. And so so I, I sent you a video that explains how to do it. Like there's a little Allen wrench. You have to unscrew the flange and. But yeah, inside there are a couple of LED pixels. That, wait, wait, this, uh, this thing's got a flange. Yeah, the big, the the big wide round part. Yeah. Ah, okay, nice. So you learn something every day. All yeah. Right. But yeah, but yeah, it's I think because that's how I like it. I like it sitting there like a real lightsaber hilt that I can just pack around. Yeah, I gotta get one of those little like perspex stands to sort of. Oh man, I uh, I was in this secret Santa thing last year and I got uh Josh Nelson a lightsaber stand that for a saber that I happened to I built for him. And it's super cool because it's like acrylic. And you know these little lamps like my buddy Emily got me this one where it's got an LED base, it lights up and it can be all different colors in mm-hmm. here. It's like that, but it's a lightsaber stand and it's got LEDs in the base and you just keep clicking the little button until it's the color you want. He's got the blue lit up stand with his saber sitting on it. You boffins with your little soldering irons. Love your LEDs, don't you? <laughs> oh, we do, man. We do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other thing I, I should actually thank you for, Eric, is doing the, the Struthers Wars episodes with uh, getting all, all the clips together and, and talking to people that have enjoyed the pod. It's um, it. Honestly, every time you send me one, like I'm like, oh, I've got to listen to this. And afterwards, I'm like, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, man. I totally get that. And I, do. I, I love hearing all the old, like, yeah, it just reminds me of all the fun that we've had and stuff. Well, it's th- Those are so much fun to do. And uh, I'm glad that you asked me to do it. It's, it's tough because I know like people will want to do one but then they realize how much work it is to really comb through pick what they want and i ask them look you've got to give me sort of a time range of the part we're talking about it and just otherwise i spend 10 times as long just trying to find it so uh, so you can't just do it and go like oh the time he talked about igniting the green put that in there 
Right. <laughs> well, you know, I think we I, we even talked about this in one of the episodes. I can't remember who it was with, but it we were talking about one of the something with Stephen Stanton. Uh-huh. And the episode we both thought it was from was not the episode it was. And I combed through this episode probably four times going, where the hell is oh. this part at? And it was a t- completely different one. Yeah. I, I did that with one not too long ago looking for a clip. And then, you know, because you sort of like fast forward every like 30 seconds mm-hmm. just to right. try to find the bit. And I, I went through it a couple of times and I'm like, I think I must have just had a conversation after the podcast about this and it wasn't right. actually on the podcast, right. but the, um, but yeah, they're so fun to listen back to the, the Struthers Wars. So thanks for doing that. And I'm uh, happy to man. It's been cool to talk to the people and every single one of these episodes I've done, I spent probably t- at least twice as long as the episode is with the person via Skype. Because we just we just talk. It's the best part. That kills me because every time you like say, oh, we talk for like 50 minutes before we started recording, I'm just like, oh, have I taught you nothing, Eric? <laughs> Save it for the podcast. <laughs> that's what I need to do is start doing another show that's just nothing but Strahler's Wars outtakes. Yes, yes. Yeah, so this is a, a, a bit of a landmark episode in that it's the first one uh, interview episode post the rise of Skywalker. And and you know how it goes, Eric. We uh, always ask the guests what they're most looking forward to in Star Wars. So that, that's, that's totally off the cards now. And we've got, we've got Mando 2, we've got Cassian, we've got Kenobi, we've got mystery film, we've got mystery project Luminous. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually something we spent quite a bit of time talking about with King Tom on the motivators this week uh, because he's been super interested in that. And Save it's the plugs to, to the end, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is. It's still a mystery to me. But uh, well, it's a mystery I'm, to everyone. I just yeah. I, I I'm fascinated to see if it lives up to the sizzle. <laughs> That's a that's a tough thing, man. Like if it's the most ex, like extended of those rumors, and it's a lead into a new film series, amazing. Yeah, yeah, mind blown. If it's a collection of short stories, <laughs> my mind is very much together. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, man. Uh, when, when, uh, we were, when we were talking the other day before I, I picked the kids up, I had to run to Walmart and, uh, cause I had a, like a ship to store thing. And it was one of these Han Solo cardboard play sets that I got on clearance ah, I saw from that, Walmart. Yeah. yeah. And so I get it home and, but then I got busy and I haven't opened this cardboard box and my son, it was driving him crazy. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, then I'm up here in my my office slash studio slash guitar storage area and guitar center. I get back down and he's standing at the bottom of the stairs. So, Dad, are you going to open this thing or not? And it's like, yeah, buddy, let's do it. I finally open it and he sees what it is. And it was like, huh? Um, 
you didn't get that for me, did you? <laughs> it's basically what he said. And I was like, oh, dude, did it? Did the hype just crush your soul when he saw the reality of it? Uh, hopefully, the Project Luminous won't be like that. He just didn't just didn't want those toilet rolls. <laughs> well, he knew that I this was for me. Ah. He did ask first. He did ask first thing. Are you going to get one of these for me, Dad? Sometime. You know what though? I'm just going to tell you. I got him the Vandor one, which is the like the train sticking out of the side of the mountain. Oh, the train the Star Wars doesn't movies. move. Well, I meant the toy. Which which toy? That's what it's called. Yeah. The Vandor hyphen one. It's actually way cooler than I thought it was going to be. It's pretty dope. It's it would be cool if it was all plastic, but gosh, the price point would have been out of hand. Mm. And so what they did for the money, I mean, it was especially great because God, they were on clearance for like 15 bucks at one point. Uh, they're really neat, man. A lot of playability in them. So I, I feel like if people would have just given them a chance, it would have done better. So just backtracking, the mm-hmm. thing you're most looking forward to in Star Wars is disappointing your son? Yes, per- that's exactly it. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, no. So the thing I'm probably looking forward to the most in Star Wars is um like enjoying the mystery of what's coming I, I know that sounds dumb but anticipation when it's done right can be fun but um i'm super stoked on the live action stuff since the mandalorian was so good and i'm hoping that that's didn't set the bar so high that they can't possibly ever match it again but uh i really want i'm looking forward to the kenobi series I think the Cassian series series will be cool too. And obviously the second season, the Mandalorian. And I really, I've enjoyed a handful of the star Wars books. And so, you know, a, a really cool new novel would be nice. Hmm. Hmm. So you can forward to everything. Basically. Yeah. I know it's kind of a cop out, but it's, yes, it's a definite cop out. Just... I'm looking forward to everybody just getting along. <laughs> Oh, you're going to be more disappointed than your son. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I really, with the next film being so far out, and as of now, we only have some pretty strong rumors about what it's going to be. It's hard for me to hang all my like excitement and of anticipation on that. Mm. So, like in the initial future, it's just to see what they do with Disney Plus as far as new content goes. Yeah, well, the the, the Mandalorian obviously exceeded expectations mm-hmm. from where I sat for sure. I was just like, Oh, just, yeah, it was invigorating how good it was. So now I've like, especially for that Ben Kenobi series, a, a series that in principle I'm against because mm-hmm. I just don't think he should be having adventures, but right, if he's right. going to have them, I'll tune in, Bob, you've got me. <laughs> By making the series, you have won me over. But because uh, Deborah Chow's uh, directing it and she did such a killer job in those Mandalorian ones, I'm just like, oof, that's some good sizzle. Yeah. That's yeah, her sizzle. episodes were my favorites. Okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be like, have you ever seen this YouTube video of Nick Offerman? He's sitting by a fireplace in a rocking chair. And there's different versions of it. One of them's 10 hours long. And he's just sitting there in a rocking chair drinking scotch. And, uh, yeah, just doesn't talk, doesn't do anything. just hanging out. And maybe that's what the Ben Kenobi series will be like. 
that Nick Offerman video has a ton of views. Maybe people just tune in to see old Kenobi sitting there in his hut being weird. <laughs> All right. My It'll anticip- be like <laughs> my anticipation is dropping. <laughs> I've I've got stubble, a rocking chair, and a mirror. I could I could make that one at home. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be the fan film. Um, all right, Eric. Well, it's been an absolute delight um, doing the pod with you and getting to know you. Like we we somehow became friends through through all the lasers and the, the LEDs and the JPEGs and the MP3s yeah. and the RSS feeds. <laughs> Um, you know, you've become such a great friend to us and you've always there to help us out whenever we need. So I, you just, you're one of the good dudes, Eric. So I, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. And I say the same to you. You're a really good dude too. And uh, thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Nice. Now let the good people of the internet know where they can listen to the bad motivators. So check out The Bad Motivators wherever podcasts are found in all the usual places. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at bad underscore motivators. Uh, yeah, we're working on getting it without the underscore. We'll have to see how that goes. But follow me on Twitter at Eric Strahlers if you want to see my goings on. I'm the smartest one of all the all the motivators. So You can't fix the address because someone else has already got the address, guys, and they don't use it. And Eric's been complaining about it for, I'm going to guess, three years now. Just right to, around I'm, there, I'm, yeah. I'm just doing the math with 150 episodes. But it's a trope. It's a trope of the show, you complaining <laughs> about that underscore. If, if you don't have it's, – it's, that's like Batman without the Joker. Do you know what I mean? You, you need that nemesis. I guess that's true. That is true. Maybe I could just make it at bad motivators with the underscore at the end. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> it's, it's always such a defeatist sign when they've yeah. added the underscore at the end. It's like, oh, you just. Yeah. What is this, a password? You just up and quit. You just up and quit. Um, it is one of my favorite podcasts, so uh, make sure you give it a listen. I'm on episode 150, and the one that just came out this week with King Tom is a ripper. It's uh, 151. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Steel is on several episodes, all of them equally divisible by 25. If you're man, man, I need some more Steel Saunders content. Hit the bad motivators feed. Anything divisible by twenty five equal, you're, you're, you'll find him there. It's twenty five. My my special number decided yeah. decided by Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I sort of think it worked. I was like, like I did it maybe twice, and then you're like, yeah, man, we're up to after seventy five. You got to you come on every twenty five yeah. episodes, and I'm like, ah, oh, well. Okay. <laughs> well, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Okay. So I didn't, they were up on me about having a guest. I said, look, you don't understand what it takes to edit these because we weren't at, very good at like being quiet and keeping the flow going. So it took me forever to do these things. And so finally I'm like, all right, listen, for tw- the 25th episode, it's a milestone. We'll have a guest. And we wanted you to, to be the guest. So you were our first official guest on the show. And then uh, for 50 episodes, it's like, man, that's a milestone. We got to let's let's see if Steele will do it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, we did, he did the 225s. Now it's a thing. It's officially a thing. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you in in 23 weeks, Eric. It's, yes, it's it's, it's a it's a media blackout till then, buddy. 
Fair enough, man. All righty. Well, it's been an awesome time. Thanks so much for um, all you do for Star Wars fandom. It's uh, so appreciated. Thanks to you guys for listening. You can follow us at Steel Wars and you can hear tons more content on our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And for $3 a week, you get you get multiple bonus shows. I think there's like four bonus shows up this week. It is all sent to your RSS feed in your little phone. And then you listen to it. It's the best. The system works. It's not just LEDs. There's other technologies in the world at work. Thank you very much. And may that force be with you. Los Angeles Steel Wars returns to the Scum and Villainy Cantina Saturday the 25th of January for our one month after the Rise of Skywalker live podcast. Our one month after the Last Jedi podcast was a huge sold out Star Wars discussion and this one should be no different. So get your tickets at steelwars.com and we'll see you at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood. Hollywood on Saturday the 25th at 4pm. Click the link in those show notes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.